Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Let's, let's take a minute and, and just pray before we begin. Ask God to touch us in the name of Jesus. I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God of heaven, we love you, holy God. We thank you this day. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, God, that you give us, for your blessings that you pour upon us each and every day. I love you, holy God, and I thank you for them. Touch us this night, God, as we gather. I know we have a purpose. There's a plan, God, and I thank you for it, God. Minister. Thank you for your word, God. Let it be rooted and grounded within us, Lord God, that we may receive strength, Lord God. Thank you for it. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read um, one verse. It's in John 17, 17. If you want to, you can just... Uh, it says, this is John's writings. He says, sanctify them... Through thy truth, thy word is truth. And what I want to speak tonight is living in a world where everything is subject to change. It's good to have something that doesn't change. Because I am so, um, well, I don't know that I'm up or down or whatever, but I need something that's secure, you know, and I need something that I can fasten myself onto that I don't have to be concerned about it moving or changing and so I just thank the Lord for his word that it won't change and so I want to read one other passage um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 let's read and I'll just read three verses this is him writing to young Timothy. He's telling him this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Now, he starts off and he says, know this also. Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. <laughs> that in the last days, perilous times shall come. But don't let the word times, other words, give you a mindset that you're looking for an event to happen. For he tells us in verse 2, for men, dangerous times are coming. But it's going to be men that brings it about. Because he said, 
for men shall be lovers of their own selves. All of this that he lists, and way past where I stopped, he's still talking about men. He says that they're going to be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient appearance, unthankful, unholy. And you think the Lord was anointing him to write all this. And I just remember just in my lifetime, what I have seen change from young people to the elderly, the attitude that is taken. And I, I, I can remember walking into the store and I was going in, I, I, I was shocked so bad that I forgot what store it was. But there was a young girl up there and she, she opened the door and she said, that's okay, sir, you go ahead. I said, you talking to me? I said, well, to myself, well, I guess I've arrived. <laughs> I guess I'm over the, over the hill there. But the Bible says that they're going to be disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy. But what shocks me is without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Now, that's what I wanted to, to look at. No self-control. And if you're trying to deal with somebody, I mean, the police have to deal with people like this all the time. Most of the time, they're hyped up on drugs, and they tell you it's like dealing with five men, dealing with one person with no self-control. And they, you know, we've heard the last couple of years that the pandemic has did all of this, and they've been pinned up, and they need to get this rage out, and they need to do this and that. Well, they can blame it all and do all that they want and they can give all the credit that they want to, but I'm giving credit where credit's due. I'm staying with biblical prophecy because all they got to do is look in God's word and this has been prophesied for a long time that men is going to bring this about. It ain't events that's going to happen. Men is going to cause the events. So it's just fierce despisers of those that are good. You try to do what's right. I've told you, I, I was not joking. I even forgot what, um, what it was. We went to the mall to get something. I got out to the car. It was the wrong one. It was a nicer model than what I had purchased. The guy got literally mad because I wanted to go back and get the right one. And you know, I believe it was almost a temptation of the enemy because I'm thinking, you know what? Hey, he's on my side. And I told him, I said, sir, I can't do this. I did not buy this. I'm not trying to be good at two shoes. It's just simple as is right and wrong. I did not buy this. What I bought is a lesser model. He said, but it's already in your trunk. I'm serious. I'm not making it up. So, and, and the sad thing about it is he worked for the store. Just, if it don't cost me, it's okay. But it does cost them. You know, but the, the Bible says that that is a kind of people that we're going to have to live with and that we are living with. That I'm not trying to paint your world great to start with. You already know this. But I'm saying there is a Bible that we can go to when life just goes haywire. Go to something that does not change. It ain't like the Dow Jones and all of this. It just stays the same. God is our bedrock. And he does it. Now, it got so bad, and I won't read it, but it got so bad, Paul in his writings in Roman, he said that they, 
um, didn't even want to retain God in their knowledge. I mean, as a last resort, God gave them over. The Bible says to a reprobate mind. I mean, that is the final state. If, if when you get where God, when you shun everything God's, to me, that speaks of mercy. I mean, when you're, when you're going, 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 God is still trying and still trying and still trying to just woo you back, get you something you know that you shouldn't do. I mean, when we sin, we know it. When we do wrong, we know it. The preacher don't have to tell us. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you know you've done wrong. And God is wooing at me and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm okay. No, I'm not okay. And God said when they have shut that out long enough, the only thing left is where you can't, you know, and you know, the, the, the best, you know, um, explanation I've ever heard of, you know, we say God can forgive anything, you know, except the point that you don't need, you don't see the need to ask for forgiveness. And I believe that's what happens here. They don't see the wrong in what they're doing. And if you can't see the need to ask for a repentance, God can't forgive you. And God said it was so bad that he anointed Paul that their perversion was so bad they, and God kept on trying and trying and trying. You read it, trying to deal with them and they would not. They just finally said, we don't even want you in our knowledge. I said, okay, you're done. So that's the sad thing, but God has given us a truth and he's given us his word and it's just when it comes to, I mean, we, we are truly blessed with the media that we have. I mean, we, the, the preaching that we have and everything that we have, you know, I grew up basically, I'm not joking, uh, with, with the AM station, you know, I remember, y'all remember 1010? Was out of Jacksonville, I think it was a was an AM gospel station. Um, they used to say ten ten on your dial, but um, you know now it's just you just get any kind of Christian music you want. You know, if it ain't head banging, you. <laughs> I, mean, I don't listen to head banging Christian music. Let's clear that up. But I'm saying you. <laughs> You can get whatever kind of, of um, music inclined that you like, you know. But, you know, it, it is just, and what, I didn't even get my point. My point is this. When it comes to preaching, there's so many apostolic ministers that preach that is just, I mean, just pour their heart out that we have access to. There's no need to go to the world. You know, we have so many and so many pure apostolic ministers that teach us truth, you know, and, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't want to go to the world. I don't want to go to the world. There's too many voices that say, you know, that there's just so many voices in our world. That's one negative side of this, you know, of people that just, you got all these stations and everything and, you know, and, and God give us a Holy Ghost for a reason. I mean, it leads and guides us, the Bible says. So to give us direction and guidance and just, 
you know, there's philosophies everywhere and just, that's why I said you got to be careful when it comes to human reasoning because if you don't watch, it'll make sense. It'll make human sense. And God says you can't compare human sense to him because it's going to fall way short. So it, it, you, just, you just can't do it. Now, some even believe it's just life to me it is just so miraculous. When God created life and gave us the beings that we have, I just can't believe that there's people that argue against that. Where do you think all this come from? Did it just happen? I'm not trying to be, you know, trying to be rude or nothing. It is just amazing to me when you look out and see everything we have, the planets, and how we are to the sun and our relationship to it and to the moon and everything just happens to work just right. We have a God that just set this in order. And the Bible says all he does is hold it by the word of his mouth. It is just held together. Look where the United States is on a map. Son, if, if God just lets go, we're, in, we're going to put it in the wind because we're gone. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me that people don't believe that. It's just it's to me. That might not be to you, but it is to me. Now, you've got to, once you get a proper perspective and truly understand that God created me, I'm here for a purpose, and that's what my existence is, is to know God and to love God. Yeah. I'm not just some random, you know. Uh, they, they, I remember there was a, um, a Christian group that the guy had a song just called A Sea of Faces. He said, I'm not just a face in the crowd. I'm somebody ordained of God. I'm made in the image of God. I'm not just somebody warning around. God made me. He knew me before I was formed. And therefore, I have a purpose. And I pray that that pur purpose is fulfilled, you know. So I don't have to just stare at the wall and wonder, who am I? Who am I? Well, I guess everybody at some time wonders, who am I? <laughs> some may be longer than others. But to get the Bible and read it, and to really know that God truly does love us is profound. It really is. With all of our quirks, with my sin, with everything I've asked God to forgive me of, and to know that God loves me is truly profound. It truly is. Now, some lives as if there was no reckoning day. I just do what I want to, walk who I want to, just destroy, do everything I need. And there's going to be no reckoning day. When, when I'm just like an animal. When I hit the ground, it's over. It's not over. How can this be? You know, how can this be? It's just like the, the, the foolish man in, in Luke 12. He just said, soul, soul. You've got it laid up. You just take it easy. Well, God called him a fool. So he said, you can't do that. So... The joy of knowing God created mankind puts to rest the notion that we can live just like an animal. We can't. 
God created us for a purpose. And when we realize that we have a purpose, we can see a God who truly loves us. And that really is profound. And the truth we have reveals that. Now, when we come, when we view God from just strictly a human, other words, if I just looked at everything and just tried to figure it out from a human perspective, there's no way I could. How could I? If I tried to take God out of it and just tried to figure life out, then I don't, all I'd, I would, that would be so frustrating to me because how could you do it? How could you put everything in motion and have everything work so profoundly? And I don't know how you could do it. But when we have this, the prosperous ways that God has done us, and when we view this, we know we have a vantage point. In other words, it's when the psalmist said he, he was envious, a little while until he went into the sanctuary. And it's when he went into the sanctuary that God opened his understanding. He was up there whining and said, they're not doing right and look how they're being prospered. But God said, just come into my house. Let me open up this. Then you'll understand. You need to have your understanding open, psalmist. Then you'll see what's going to happen. They're living like there's no tomorrow. When you have your understanding and God touches our spirit, then we realize it's not just about us and it's not just about tomorrow. This body is just for a little while. It's the spirit that dwells in this body that's, that's going to, what's really going to matter. The Apostle Paul dressed the church at Colossae and Laodicea about the mystery of God. Some thought that they alone had access to superior knowledge and they believed that knowledge shrouded them in the mystery. In other words, they thought that they could just say, it, you know, they understood the mystery of God and Paul was saying, no, no, you're, you, you know, you can't do that. And then they, believers, now could understand the mystery of the fullness of the Godhead to be Jesus Christ in whom all the treasures was in uh, wisdom and knowledge. Paul admonished the church to understand this and this kind of philosophy was not wisdom and knowledge. Them saying that they, they understood just in their human reasoning. The apostle Paul warned them that deceitful individuals would try to change this truth with, the Bible says, enticing words. You know, and preachers have said it for years, for years. And as apostolics, we understand it. If a preacher is preaching 90 to nothing, listen to what he's saying. And if it can't be backed up by the book, it's got to be backed up by the book. It doesn't matter how good his speech is, how eloquent, how well he can do it. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You've put up with me for a long time, but I've always tried to preach out of this book and give you what's in this book and not just preach was, I couldn't do it anyway. But Paul said they're going to do it with enticing words. They're just going to try to soothe you. The Bible even calls it itching ears. They're just going to try to soothe you, just rock you to sleep. And that's unbelievable because the Bible states 
that if you allow yourself to be rotten to sleep, you're still going to be held accountable. Check my spirit. So the Bible talks about that when the Lord in Caesarea Philippi asked disciples, who you say that I am? It was to this that Peter, we know, we've heard it so much that he says this, but it was on the truth of his identity that God said he would build his church. And the, the phenomenal thing about it is God said he would let his spirit, those that didn't understand it, if you receive the Holy Ghost, that he would allow you to receive this revelation. Because he said you didn't get it at the synagogue. Flesh and blood hadn't received this. In other words, we can try to explain this. We can do everything we can. But in essence, the Holy Ghost is going to have to teach this to you. We can't do this. We can't teach you. It's just if you want it, God will teach it to you. That's Bible. God himself told him when he said, I'm going to establish my church on this principle, that it ain't somebody else. I came in human flesh, and this is what I'm going to build my church on. And that is the truth of God's identity. And he said, I'll do it. You receive my spirit. That spirit will open that up to you, the revelation. He is no, no partaker of persons, so anyone, anyone can receive that revelation. That is a promise. That is a promise. Now, philosophy, as we know, is just one area of thought. Humanism is a belief that man is the center and essence of this whole world. And, buddy, it is rampant in our day. Humanism. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's everywhere. Everywhere. It's all about me. You know, you, I know you know that. It's just you go anywhere, do anything. I mean, it, it's just, I won't even comment on it. It's just everywhere. The scriptures plainly state that all things were created by Jesus Christ and for him. And by him, they did it. It is important for mankind to place God at the center of their life. When we do that, everything balances out. We're, I'm not trying to figure out who God is. I know who God is. And then when I figure out that Jesus is the center of everything and I make God the center of my life, then I've just made everything a whole lot easier. And if there's something that I don't understand, you know, I, I remember so many years ago, I... I I, was, I spoke of this years and years ago, and Brother Boyd told me, said, I ought to name the, the lesson, um, Don't Skip Step Number Six. And it's true, um, wh what I, I told you, and it's still true today. Um, my mother bought the, the boys, to show you how long ago it was, the boys a swing set. And in the steps, it had um, steps to go. But you know me, well, I don't want to be alone. You know any man. Um, I'm reading the instructions, and when I got to step number six, it's, it had bold black letters, do not skip this. And I said, it looks like to me you can skip it. So uh, I was okay up to about step nine. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not making it up. So I'm like, I'm over there hollering at joy. I guess you need to shoot these guys an email and let them know that um, you can skip this one until I got to 10. And then I realized I had to take it all back apart. And, and the point I just was trying to make that day, and I'll try to make it now, 
The things that we don't understand that we know are biblical, if we don't understand them, don't skip them. Stay with God's truth. He'll open our understanding to them. We may not can put it on pen and paper and write it out, but if we know it's biblical sound doctrine, it's okay. Trust it. Don't skip it. Do it. God has a way of opening that, which he knows, he said, draw nigh unto me, because you don't have to wonder, I'm there, I've drawn unto you. So it just, we can't skip it. We, well, I don't understand that, you know. Well, let God be God, you know. So throughout his writings, Paul talked about the greatness of God. He talked about just the, the great riches of God and everything he had. And just from one generation to the next, individuals, families, cultures, you know, everybody's got hand-me-down traditions. You know, they're not so much wrong in themselves. But the Bible talks about that you shouldn't remove your neighbor's landmark unless you know why it's there, the reason it's there, and that's what it's, uh, it's, it's liking it to. When it comes to a tradition, you know, and... Uh, I can't go to church because my parents took me to church. That's fine. We should train up a child in the way he should go. And But when it comes, comes, you know, we need to love God enough to do it. To do it. And then when it comes to traditions, you know, what we hand down to our children, we must be very, very careful with. And I say that in just meaning this that it's got to be based on biblical things. And, you know, and just, I, I can't tell my boys something and just act like it's based on biblical doctrine. You know, if it is based on biblical doctrine, I have to make sure they understand. I'm not joking about this. You must see this for yourself. Or if I'm just a family tradition, then I make that distinction. But if I'm talking about doctrine or something, you know, that's where a line has to be drawn, you know. But, you know, I, I, there is no way I would want to say, you know, well, this is the way my grandma does. And, and you know what I mean. I'm not doing this for grandma. I'm doing this for what I believe in God himself. And that's what I want to pass to my, my children, you know. They're not doing this for me. They're not doing this for their mother. They're doing this for themselves and hopefully distill into their children if God permits. Now, the word of God provides wisdom among every generation that changes. A lot changes, but really, people, we adapt to the changes, but people's just people. You know, we wear different clothes, look a little different, but people's just people. You know, whenever you see times is tough and we look at the situation we're in now, you want to read about some tough times? You just go back in the Old Testament and read about some tough times. I mean, you can read about some tough times that make you get out of the Old Testament and get back into the New Testament. So people's just people. But God is good. Now... When we gravitate to one extreme or the other, Brother Boyd has talked about this the whole time he's been here, about standing in an even place. And that's what we must do. 
you know, I, I, I've joked and said, you, you can't make this too hard or you can't make it hard enough that people can't live it and you can't throw out the rules that anybody can live it. You've got to have a balance. And, and if, if, if someone is just here, um, as far as God rebuked the Pharisees more than he did anybody else. So if Brother Boyd was like this, he's gone. Oh, no, I'm on tape. <laughs> they can just edit this out. Um, if he was here in, in as far as legalism and everything that we did he said was wrong, then that would be from a, a, a legalist point of view. In other words, look at the Old Testament. All the 600 and something laws, they couldn't live that. That's why they had to go, the, the Day of Atonement was one time a year. And that just, roll, that just kept rolling the sins. Or when we come in, if, you know, if everything's okay, you can't do that either. God is a God of love and we understand it. We understand his principles, his doctrine, what he has. And that is the balance that we must have in understanding it. You know, I don't, I don't want to be one side or the other. I don't. I really, really don't. Because I don't. I'll just leave it at that. I do not. I do not. I, there is no way. I promise you this. There is no way that I would want to condemn someone that has sinned knowing that God has forgiven me. I would be so hypocritical. We are the ones that put categories on sin. But I don't think God does. Sin is sin. We somehow put it in layers in our conscience. And I'm not making a, 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 a distinction between committing murder and stealing bubblegum. But I'm saying sin is sin. And God is holy. God is holy. So I, I, I would not want to just to be, to be like the two people at the altar and one beating himself on the chest. I'm glad I'm not, not like that dude sinning all the time. And him can't even look up because of what he felt. That's, that's, just, that's just not right. But anyway, now, what we want is a balance like we've had. And what we know in the Lord, Paul even admonished people about vain imaginations. Don't just sit there and let your mind wander. Paul said, you can't do that. Don't. And, and what I'm talking about is, what's, uh, I, I forgot the, the words to it now, but um, he's just said, you can not have, just sit, other words, sit there with a blank mind and just keep wondering, wondering. You're not really wondering about nothing. You're just, you're just letting your mind drift. The Bible talks about if there's any good, that's what we need to think on. Not start thinking about all the garbage that's in the world. You know, turn that off. I mean, you know, it's, it's, wow, you can't even listen to the news. But now, we are complete in our Lord. He is the root of life. 
We are complete in him. We are complete. Complete means to make full, to fill, to fill up. And no matter where we are on our spiritual journey, if we're in God, God makes sure that we are full. In other words, he knows us. He knows what we, our capacity, our, our mental capacity, spiritual. So God makes sure that we are full. He does that. Now, we're buried with him. We know that. Paul compared rising out of the water of baptism as our Lord being risen from the dead. He did that through water baptism. We bury this old nature, cleanse from our iniquities. We experience the resurrection power through the Holy Ghost, Christ abiding with us. We begin to hate the things that God hates and love what God loves. You know, some people find it shocking to say that God hates something. But God does hate things. And then, uh, you know, you tell some people that when all you hear is God is a God of love. I got no problem with that. Just tell the other side of it. There's situations and things that God hates. But we very seldom ever hear it. Now, God reconciles himself to us. We know him. He loves us. We're quickened to him. And... We're rooted and built up with him, established in the faith, as we have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. We're rooted, settled, and grounded, and constantly with him. Jesus is a bedrock of strength and support that our human weakness and deficiency that we can lean on and strengthens us during storms and drought and fortifies our resistance. God wants us to enjoy everything, the good and the bad. Just whatever comes to us in life, rejoice in everything and just have it. We can be thankful in that circumstance, in that circumstance, whatever it may be. Now, God has given us his word. His word is truth. Truth is his word. So we can have it. We can read it. We can study it. That is, I'll say again, our safety net. When everything else is chaos... God has given us something to hold to, to establish us. And when things seem crazy, like they normally are, we have established something that we can hold on to. I'm going to ask you to stand. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.